Cooper Radio, the global cooperation podcast. Research feature. Hi and welcome to a new episode of Cooper Radio, the global cooperation podcast. We give a stage to voices, opinions and research that address the broad and decisive issues of global cooperation. My name is Janine Herbert. And I am Julia Fleck. And as with previous shows, we will guide you through this episode of Cooper Radio. The partly online presidential election campaign in the US last year, or the ever-increasing monopoly power of Amazon, and the shift of many communication channels to the online sphere around the world due to the pandemic have one thing in common. They show how immense the influence of the internet is on our actual offline lives, and how difficult it is to still speak of two different lives. It is not only influential from a social perspective, but also from legal, safety, and government perspective. For this reason, it is quite interesting, not just from an academic perspective, to analyze how governments or multilateral organizations deal with these interdependencies, dangers and opportunities of the Internet in different ways. We are very pleased that Natalia Sauchuk patricio holder of a German Chancellor Fellowship by the Alexander von Humboldt Foundation, has agreed to explore these issues with us today. Natalia is currently doing research on the German experience with promoting and protecting the open Internet through net neutrality, and the fight against illegal online content in comparison to Brazil. Besides being busy with her scholarship-related research, she is also a guest lecturer at the Universidade Presbiteriana Mackenzie in Sao Paulo, and she is also a freelance curator at the Diplo Foundation for the Geneva Internet Platform and the Digital Watch Observatory. She has published on topics such as internet governance, free internet, and initiatives in Latin America. We will link some of her work in the episode description. In this episode, we will discuss questions like, what is net neutrality? How is that term used today? Which responsibilities should internet companies like Facebook have? What is the biggest difference between Brazilians and Germans when it comes to data protection and hybrid security? And further, what good examples does Brazil have to offer Germany or Europe in terms of internet governance, as well as vice versa? And which threats is the open internet facing and how can it be protected? A warm welcome to you, Natalia. I hope I pronounced your name right. Natalia Sautschuk-Patricio is here with us for another episode of Corpo Radio, and I'm very excited to have you here with us. So as a start, maybe you could tell us who you are, what's your home university, and maybe a short academic bio. That's nice that you're having me today. I thank you for this invitation. Well, I'm Natalia, so Patricia, you said my name correctly, <laughs> and I'm a computer engineer with master's in the same area from the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil. I worked many years in the policy area in the Brazilian Internet Steering Committee uh, before coming to Germany, and I'm also uh, a lecturer in universities in Brazil, especially in the IT field. So like uh, IT governance or information security, cloudy computing. And I started to evolve more and more in the internet governance field, internet policy too. And now I applied for this fellowship that was the German Chancellor Fellowship from the Alexander von Humboldt Foundation. And I got it. That was a big pleasure for me. 
And now I'm doing my research here in the center because of this fellowship that I have from the Hubon Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit more about this German Chancellor Fellowship? Uh, so uh, it's a, a fellowship that is, is sponsored by the Humboldt Foundation. And the Chancellor, the German Chancellor, Angela Merkel, is a kind of a godmother of this fellowship. They choose people from some developing countries, uh, developer and developing countries, for example, like United States, Brazil, China, Russia and now South Africa and India. And they choose this, those people from different countries to come to Germany to make some research. Could be in a university or in companies too for one year fellowship. That is basically a way to learn a little bit about the experience here in Germany and also to try to make a kind of bridge between our home country and Germany. So it's very interesting fellowship for people. It's not necessary to be specifically academic, but uh, it's interesting for people that is in the middle, like 12 years that it's graduation. So very good. Yes, certainly. Thank you. So could you tell us a bit more about what's your project at the center? Yes, of course. My project here in the center, I'm researching about open internet and some threats to the open internet. Because basically two threats that we have to, to the open internet that I'm studying. I'm studying the net neutrality that is basically a concept that we treat all data packets in an equal way inside the network. And there is a lot of reasons that internet service providers want to not treat in an equal way, for example, to make some specialized service or etc. So I'm studying a little bit this scenario here in Germany and broadly in Europe to find some best practices here that I could identify and compare with the scenario in Brazil and try to, yeah, to make some kind of guideline or at least to bring something to Brazil in order to help to improve us the enforcement of net neutrality. Because there in Brazil, we have a, a law called Marco Civil Internet of Law. And this law provides us with net neutrality, but we have some gaps in this, in our law and our enforcement there. So the idea is like to learn a little bit about the scenario here in Germany and try to make this bridge, as I, I said, that is one of the, the goals of our fellowships. And another case that I'm studying too, it's about uh, what we call liability of the internet intermediaries. <laughs> the, the name of the concept is a little bit difficult, but it basically means responsibility of the company. So when you have a big platform like Facebook or Google or etc., they can be responsible for content that was the users that put there. So there is some rules, of course, the law that 
decide what is the responsibility, what is the way they are responsible or not for that. And of course, I'm trying to identify a little bit how it works here in Germany, because we have a lot of discussions in that in this moment here about that. It's a very hot topic. So we have, of course, uh, some directives in the European level, and we have also some laws in, in Germany. And I'm trying, of course, to identify these main topics of discussion and um, make the same about the net neutrality, identify some best practices or identify at least some um, discussions that could be important for Brazil too. So basically it's that. <laughs> wow, there is so much in there, especially looking at the German case in comparison to Brazil, because the internet, freedom of the internet, and net neutrality and data protection, these are important topics for many Germans. And I believe there are quite a few German activists in that field too. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. Yes, and one of the things that I, I'm making in my, my research is to interview some people from Germany. For example, activists, I interview some to identify a little bit these concerns, the main concerns that the German society has around this topic. So the idea is to learn a little bit about that. And of course, it's, it's always difficult to make a comparison between two different countries, yes, yeah? so different countries with different histories and etc. But of course, the idea is not so much only compare but try to to learn if you can identify something that's good here and could be applied in Brazil or the opposite is also true yes we have good stuff in Brazil that could be applied here and this exchange I think it's very insightful yeah can you give us an example of a good practice in Brazil that Germany or maybe even the EU could adapt Yes, let's see if I can. One thing that I found interesting in the Brazilian case, for example, is that we have a kind of constitution of internet, internet constitution, yeah, that provides the user's rights in one single law. And here, in the European scenario, you are more fragmented in many different directives and many laws. So this is something that could be adapted or at least to think about that, yeah? <laughs> so a kind of single piece of law to govern the internet. That sounds pretty good. Although I have my doubts that the German way of doing that would make users happy in the end. Yes. In Brazil, the discussion of this law was quite interesting too. It's a very studied case around the world because it was very a lot of public participation and it was discussed for many years to try to compromise some stuff among users and companies, of course, because there is interests in all places. And of course, to compromise everything was a little hard. But this, I think, brings a more balanced law to, to Brazil. And, uh, of course, it's not perfect, but I think it's the perfect uh, trying to compromise all the points. 
Yes, and I think it, this is something that could be learned from Brazil. And, and another thing that could be learned from Brazil, that we have a Brazilian Internet Steering Committee that is a, a body that is with different sectors discussing about best practices on Internet. And here in Germany, I, I saw that you don't have something like in this way, that you have participation from different sectors like uh, companies, users, and civil society, etc., and could be something interesting to, to learn, yes, or to have something, because here I think the discussions are much more pushed by the government, yeah, or by the legislators or something like that. So I think it could be something more multi-stakeholder, like we say. Uh-huh. I mean, in Germany, there is this expression, and I think it was coined 10 or 15 years ago by then-Chancellor Angela Merkel, that the internet is still Neuland, so a kind of uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. And it appears this is still true, especially for many legislators. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think it's quite interesting, this idea that is... Uh, it's quite new, yeah, and I, I saw some future differences among the countries, yeah. The way you deal with technology and Brazilians uh, are different, yeah. Germans are often very hesitant in adopting these new technologies. Are Brazilians more open or, let's say, future-minded? Yes, in general, I think so. That's the main difference that I could see in this scenario. Brazilians are like, uh, they are willing to adopt new technologies. And for me, it's, of course, it's not always positive because I think people didn't think about a lot of important stuff like data protection. It's a one problem that we have in Brazil. Now we have a law there, yeah, concerning data protection, but uh, the culture of data protection is not very strong in Brazil. So they see a new app, for example, to make something very, very stupid. And they say, okay, let's do this. Yeah. And they try everything. So But this is a little bit concerning when you talk about the data protection and about, about cybersecurity. And I see that Germans, they tend to be a little bit more concerned about those topics. And that's why I feel that people are not so open to try new things and a little bit more, yeah, let's see how it works and etc. So I could be in a middle way, not so much, not so few, like, uh, yeah, but I prefer a little bit the way of, of Germans because they are completely concerned and they, they are aware about the problems in the technology field, yeah. So both cases should learn from each other then. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's an important perspective. So another question I have is how the COVID-19 pandemic has influenced your research and the open internet or your field of study more generally? Well, yes, influenced a lot because I research in the internet governance field. Yes, and the internet governance field is based on a lot of meetings 
There is, of course, always some online meetings since the communities are very spread around the world, but also many in-person, on-site meetings. And this was missing. And those face-to-face meetings are quite important when we think, for example, in my case, in my research, I I thought about that to have those face-to-face meetings to make my interviews with some stakeholders because it's easier when you have everybody together in the same place and you you can assess those people easy easily yes and i have to do this everything virtually and was a harder to get the agenda of those guys and it's, it was more difficult for me to really assess people, especially those people that work in companies, internet service providers, and etc., because they have a, a very crowded agenda, so it was quite difficult. And in general, when they are in those events, it's quite easier to, to approach and try to make some interview or something in person. Yes, and uh, this is, was missing, and discussions in, in general, yes, was completely missing. And in my case, basically, I'm more or less like changing my career a little bit because I was a practitioner of internet governance, and now I'm becoming more a researcher of internet governance. And so for me, it's like a big change too in my career and to learn from this new environment of the academia and etc was a little more difficult in this time of pandemics because I didn't have my colleagues nearby to learn. I stay a little bit alone in this journey of learning how to become a researcher. So yeah, so it's a lot of impact, yeah. Yes, that must have been a little bit of a struggle. Well, but judging from what you told us about your research, you have led this journey to success. Do you have any preliminary findings already? Yes. Yes, it's it's quite exciting, the, the things. I had a lot of good finds, like, for example, this part of the laws, of course, and uh, I had a find, for example, some issues about uh, what we call DNS, domain name system here in Germany, that there are some, uh, not rules, but kind of partnership directly from internet service providers and copyright uh, associations to take down copyright infringements. Yeah? Ah, yes, the dreaded YouTube blockings. Yeah, something like that. So so it's a little bit concerning, yeah, because we had in the past in Brazil some cases like blocking of YouTube because one video was was not complied for for some reason, but many years ago, of course. And uh, this kind of blockings, uh, it's very concerning when we are talking about open internet yeah because open internet is basically you have to think and put all the things on balance it's 
appropriate to block something and make a lot of other content not available. Yeah, so this is a quite an issue, and uh, it's very concerning to me that. The Copyright Association has so many power here in Germany in way to not uh, go to justice to ask this, yes? They can ask directly to the companies to block something. And this is a little bit concerning because companies with companies and there are no other balance, yes, to put uh, the user's interest on that. So... For me, it's a kind of important discussion and that we could learn in Brazil. We don't have this, at least as far as I know, something not official like that. And uh, it's something that is good to see those threats here to not make the same. Yeah, So it's, it's always important to see the good and the bad, of course. Yeah, I think one thing I'm taking away from all the discussions we've had with our fellows at the center who work on internet and data governance issues, including you, Natalia, is that it's getting increasingly difficult to separate these internet and online issues mm -hmm. from our quote-unquote real life. Because one influences the other and vice versa. Yes. And many of the issues that we are dealing with in terms of internet governance are not just limited to that field, but they influence directly certain real-life events and developments. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. One thing that is at least in Brazil, and I imagine everywhere, it's like, uh, of course, all laws are applied in the virtual way too. Like, because uh, uh, infringement or something illegal, it's illegal not only in real life, but online too, yeah? Like, uh, if you make consumer infringement, nowadays it makes no difference if you're buying uh, e-commerce or in a uh, store, yeah? Because it's infringement anyways. But uh, I think we are passing for really interesting moments that uh, we see those things interacting very much and thinking about something completely outside my my research about the elections for example yeah how these online contents are are interacting with elections in countries and etc that's it i think there is no difference and it's everything mixed yeah Thank you for these insights into your own research, Natalia, and also for this last outlook into the wider implications of internet governance for our societies, both online and offline. I want to use this opportunity to point our listeners to the Center's written contributions to internet governance research. If our conversation with Natalia has made you curious and you want to read more from her, check out her contribution in our quarterly magazine on learning from the German experience of promoting and protecting the open internet, the cases of network neutrality and the fight against illicit online content. We'll put a link for you in the description. In the same issue, Carolina Aguera and Diego Canabaro write about the borders and boundaries in internet governance and rethink scholarship and policies. To learn more about internet governance initiatives in Latin America, have a look at the report Mapping National Internet Governance Initiatives in Latin America by the Internet Policy Observatory at the Annenberg School, University of Pennsylvania, written also by Carolina Aguere and Natalia Sauchuk-Patricio and others. We'll put in a link to that as well. And if you still want more, 
there is the edited volume titled Power and Authority in Internet Governance, Return of the State? Question mark by our alumni fellows Blaine Haggard and Natasha Tusikov, together with the center's co-director Janat Scholte, that came out earlier this year in the Routledge Global Cooperation Series. So thanks again for this great research feature, Natalia sarchuk Patricio, German Chancellor Fellow, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of Coop Radio, the Global Cooperation Podcast Research Feature Edition. Thank you all. Thank you so much for joining us. To find out more about the fellowship program and our application process or about the research done at the center, visit our website, gcr21.org, and follow us on Twitter or Facebook. And all of the references and publications mentioned here today can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Copa Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or your podcast platform of choice. Global Radio is a production of the Käthe Hamburger Kolleg Center for Global Cooperation Research at the University of Duisburg-Essen. Additional voiceover, Janine Herbert and Julia Fleck. Ideas, script and editing, Julia Fleck, Marike Gertzen, Janine Herbert and Ida Spingis. Cover design and social media, Milena Gehr. Thank you for listening. If you don't want to miss our next episode, remember to follow and subscribe to Global Radio on your favorite podcatcher.